Welcome, foolish mortals, to Spill the D podcast. We are your host, your ghost host. You do the laugh, you do the laugh. I don't know the laugh. There's no turning back now. What's I got love. It's like, whoa, ha, ha, ha. Whoa, your ghost host. Whoa, ha, 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 ha. He does it so much better than oh I do. God. Hi guys, I am one of your hosts. My name is Gina. Fun fact about me is I'm petrified of ghosts, so this episode is going to be a little rough. And I'm joined, as always, with my bewitching co-host, Sabrina. Get it? That well, was I'm not a teenager anymore. Oh my god, I didn't even think Sabrina the Teenage Witch. That was the spooky word I wrote down last time it was my turn. Remember when I was like, oh my god, I thought of one, but it's too late. That was it. Yes. The amount of times I've been called bewitched because of Brina the Teenage Witch. So if you haven't figured it out from that glorious introduction, today we are talking about the Disney history or history, if you will, of the Haunted Mansion. We are very excited. Love the spooky episodes before Halloween. Fair warning right now. If you have the Keys to the Kingdom tour planned... This is a spoiler episode. Some of the stuff that we are going to be telling you as far as the history of Haunted Mansion is some of the information that they give you on the Keys to the Kingdom tour. And I would not want to ruin that for anybody. So if you have no intention of ever doing that, obviously stay. But if you have that planned in your life, there will be some spoilers here. But before we do that, let's do some Disney news. I just love that they put Fantasmic to come out in November. That is like the busiest month, I feel. November's not too bad. Like around Thanksgiving can be, but besides that, it's the calm before the storm of Christmas and New Year's. It's also Jersey week is the first week. And then you yeah. have like a random week. Yeah, and then Thanksgiving. But I feel like they should have done this in like September. So Maybe it's to help alleviate some of the crowds. Because oh. it'll get people into there. Fantasmic is coming back in November, ladies and gentlemen. And that is all of the information that they gave as far as a specific date goes. There isn't one. They just said November, which is coming up real soon. We're only like two weeks away from November. So I think this is kind of funny. We'll see when it's actually going to be back. In normal Spill the D fashion, almost immediately after recording this, they announced that Fantasmic will be returning November 3rd, much earlier than we thought it would be. But yep, November 3rd, Fantasmic will be back in Hollywood Studios. You know what they said, though? You know how we were talking about how they're going to change the Pocahontas part? Pocahontas is still going to be in the new part, but it's not going to be fully based around her like it is now. I knew it. I just, I'm annoyed. (laughs) See, as someone who's not a huge Pocahontas person, I'm excited to see what they do with it. Oh, I love when that my girl stands up there. Oh, I think that part is really cool. And like John Smith swinging on the rope, I think it's a really cool part of the show. But like, I knew they were going to change it. Yeah, I just hope that they wouldn't, but that's okay. Not enough kids know Pocahontas. Fantasmic is younger than us. Interesting. It is 24 years old, like next week. I was like, what? There's no way. Phantasmic is old. It just explains how old it is and why we like it. Yeah. It's nostalgic. Oh, it's so good. 
another thing coming back in November, we don't have much news today. Fair warning, guys. We're going right into Haunted Mansion. But another thing coming back in November is Akershus, which is a dining opportunity in the Norway Pavilion at Epcot. And normally we don't really give you much information when this stuff comes back. The reason this one is a big deal is this is the only dining right now where you can meet all of the princesses. Oh. So that coming back is going to bring back that opportunity because even Cinderella's royal table right now is only Cinderella. So Akershus usually has all of the princesses there. This is the one that you can see from the Frozen line, right? Yes. Yep. So this is coming back November 4th. And it is expensive. I bet. It's good food. It's just expensive food. You're there for the experience, not for the food. Yeah, you're also paying for all of the princesses, so that'll get you. It's over $60 per adult. I love it. To give you a little idea, and it's a Norwegian-inspired lunch and dinner. There's Norwegian food. Yeah, what do they eat in Norway? Rolls. <laughs> Rolls? My thought was fish. Oh, well, yeah, that makes sense. Chocolate? Yeah. But they have to have some, like, substance. <laughs> Chocolate is substance. Yeah, we just named all the, the appetizers and dessert. And the last piece of news. Yes. I had to stare at that for a second. Very Merry Christmas Party is now available to get tickets as well as the dessert parties. That'll be so fun. The tickets have been available for a while. A lot of them are already sold out. But if you're going to one, you can book the dessert party now. I know. I even looked at for us to go to a Very Merry Christmas Party on the Sunday after I don't know what Sunday it was but I was like well I could fly to Orlando and then like fly to my parents because there's no direct flight and then I was like that's just a lot of work it's a Sunday night is the party not a Saturday night yeah they usually do that because they don't want to take away the busy day you know I see but yeah I really wanted to go because I got these green ears for nothing now Nah, you'll you'll use them eventually. Oh, There's plenty more Christmases to come. It's kind of a, an annual thing. Plus, they can wear them whenever they're really cute. Exactly. But yes, you can actually book these tickets and or dessert parties with the sponsor of our podcast. As you guys know, our podcast is sponsored by 407 and Beyond Vacation Co., a Disney and Universal Orlando travel agency. 407 and Beyond books and plans families' vacations to destinations such as Walt Disney World, Universal, Disney Cruise Line, and more. It does not cost extra to book with them. Their services are 100% free. Vacation planners help plan their clients' perfect family vacation, so all they have to do is show up, have fun, and create family memories. You can start by getting a free, no-obligation quote at www.3ws.407vacations.com. Nailed it. First try. You do usually struggle with the Ws. I'm proud of you. There's so many, you know? So many Ws. <laughs> For no reason. But yes, we are getting into the district of Haunted Mansion in honor of Halloween. A new, The new movie coming out next year? I think it's 2023. And then our just our fascination of history in general. 2023, the new Haunted Mansion will be coming into theaters. Uh, let me take back into theaters. It could go just on Disney Plus, but it will be coming out in 2023. Do you know what it's about? Uh, I think it's like more about Madame Leota. It is very different than the one they made in 2003 with Eddie Murphy. Do you know what that one's about? You've seen that, right? Yeah. 
So like that one, for anyone who doesn't know, he's a real estate agent and he gets a call about this mansion and he tries to sell it and it's haunted and there's more to it. I won't give spoilers, but that's the main gist of it is they get trapped in the haunted mansion. The new one, a single mom named Gabby hires a tour guide, a psychic, a priest, and a historian to help exercise their newly bought mansion after discovering it's inhabited by ghosts. Cool. Interesting. It sounds dark. I think that's gonna be so cool. Like they're like performing an exorcism on this house. I'm excited to see how they go about it. I like that it's not the same thing redone, you know. Yeah, it's like a whole new movie. I also like that it's not just like the ride. Yeah, because I mean, even the first one doesn't fully follow the idea of the ride it just is kind of based on it and this is like its whole new thing and it has really big stars in it just ones that I can that I know from reading this Owen Wilson Winona Ryder Jane DeVito Jamie Lee Curtis wow like these are some pretty big stars that's so funny I can't picture Owen Wilson in like a spooky thing (laughs) he's been in spooky before hasn't he Loki had a little spookiness to it yeah, I guess. But like, you know, like the internship and <laughs> Lightning McQueen. Night of the Museum. Night of the Museum. I forgot he was in that. Marley and me. Yeah. So that stuff just doesn't trigger me as like a <laughs> Yeah, actually I'm on his Wikipedia now and there's like not any horror on here. Not that the Haunted Mansion is gonna be hardcore horror, but it is ghost. Yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis makes sense. She's a scream queen. So getting into our conversation about the Haunted Mansion. This dates all the way back to the 1950s when Walt designed the original designs for Disneyland. On his drawing, there was a Haunted Mansion. He didn't know what he wanted to do with it, but he knew that there needed to be a Haunted Mansion. Yeah, which is so exciting that this is like, opening day stuff like this is Walt Disney stuff not like newer Disney stuff Mm -hmm. since he didn't know what he wanted to do with it they kind of like built this facade and then did nothing with it so Disneyland opened in 1955 but there was nothing there they had gates closed they had made a sign for outside the gates that called it a ghost retirement home and you could like apply to go there when you died just to keep the guests happy because they didn't know what was actually behind the gates. They could just see this building. And since he didn't know what he wanted, he actually asked the animators to draw up sketches of what they thought a haunted mansion would be. But as you would expect when you ask animators to do something like that, it was all very like friendly and fun cartoons, not really scary cartoons. It was like fun spooky. When I heard that, I kind of pictured the ghost cartoon that they have with Goofy, Mickey, and Donald in the haunted house. Yeah. So that's what they got out of it. And Walt was like, this isn't it. Like, this is not exactly what I was picturing. This is too cute. Yeah. A little eerier. Plus, Walt was always, he wanted more than what they always gave. And he always pushed them further and further. So I really like that about him. And I like Mm -hmm. that we got the haunted mansion that we have now from this process. No, definitely. But like we said, it's that there well into the 60s when they went to the World's Fair 
And because they were getting ready for the World's Fair, they just completely put it on the back burner and stopped even trying to do anything with it. So Walt was just like, you know what? This is just going to sit here. It's fine. The sign's there to keep them happy. They think it's a retirement home. And that was it. So that was all that they had of the ride until it actually opened in 1969, obviously. Yeah. So in his original design, even the original like OG map, the map before the map of Disneyland, they had a house at the end of the street and Walt wanted the Haunted Mansion to be like clean cut, like pretty followed Main Street and then to be in that. And the Imagineers were like, we don't want that. Interesting. Yeah. They all came up with these like designs and they had just created New Orleans Square Mm -hmm. So they were like, let's put it there. So they were going to put it in like the main street, have it like a New York theme. And then they went with New Orleans themed little spooky house. But I thought that was so cool. Like in the original map of just like a small Mickey Mouse land kind of thing, it was at the end of main street. And I want to find that so bad. I want that in my house. The original map? Yeah, I think that would be cool. I didn't even know there was a one before the one. That would be cool. You know what's funny about that is in Tokyo Disneyland, it's actually in Fantasyland. So he got a little bit more of what he wanted there. Tokyo Disneyland was made just to please people. It's actually like an exact replica of Walt Disney World, except for Liberty Square, which is where it's located in Walt Disney World. So they were like, where do we put it? And they just stuck it in Fantasyland. That's so cool. So he kind of still got what he wanted. So while they were making it, he went to a bunch of different Imagineers and gave them basically all different jobs. So some of the Imagineers that he went to were Rolly Crump, Ken Anderson, Mark Davis, Claude Coates. One of the main ones, Rolly Crump, I believe. Rolly also, let's just say he's he is a big dude. He has created Bush Gardens after he was left Disney, the design for it. He created stadiums. He's a big guy. So when they had him on this, I thought I knew his name and I don't know why I knew it, but he's a very, very famous Imagineer. He started the art concept for the famous purple walls that we see from the, the Haunted Mansion. Oh, those? I thought you meant the other purple walls. No, so oh. like the creepy, eerie, he had sketched all the faces from that and they put it on the wallpaper instead of having it be the full thing. Yeah, because he liked creepy and eerie things. Like if he had his way with the Haunted Mansion, it would be absolutely petrifying. He definitely worked to make it scary. His concept art, if you guys are interested in seeing it, just type in Rolly Crump Haunted Mansion designs. They're horrifying. So eventually, Walt ended up putting Mark Davis and Claude Coates together to do the full-on concept art and really get this ride going. So Mark Davis wanted it to be spooky as well as silly. He was known for being the comedy aspect of Imagineering. He made things funny. Claude Coates was a super serious person. He wanted like that scary just give you that anxiety, like nothing funny about it kind of thing, much more serious cut and dry person. So Walt purposely put them together because he knew that like they would butt heads, but they would make a great product and make what he wanted, which I mean, that's a logic that we still see people use today. That's a great logic. It's terrible when you're the person who's put with the opposite person, (laughs) 
but it does tend to work and it definitely tended to work and you can kind of feel it in the ride the beginning of it is definitely more serious and the end of it is more of the comedy aspect so I think they kind of got what they wanted overall throughout the ride but you can see the split when you look at it like that Absolutely. Also, a note is that Walt Disney wanted this to be a walkthrough ride. So that is what the Imagineers were coming up with when this was in the design period, was a walkthrough ride, which sounds really horrible. I would not do it if I had a walk. I just feel like it's asking for trouble doing a walkthrough. Yeah. Especially with like the crowds of people that go to see it. I just think it would be a hot mess. They said so, that they would do groups of 40 people with a tour guide. And that would not satisfy the need of the park. Yeah, no, because currently it can move about 2,000 people an hour. Like that's how many people get on that ride every hour. Can you imagine if they were like, sorry guys, 40 people at a time? No. And then think, oh my God, and we get backed up so quick. It would. I'm so glad they switched to the Omnimover idea which they actually got from the World's Fair while they were there. Yes. So this is a perfect ride to be done while they were at the World's Fair because of how it turned out after. I think that time was much needed to create what we see today. Yeah. So like we said, they did stop production of it to start working on things for the World's Fair. And when they came back from the World's Fair, everyone was like, cool, let's get started on the Haunted Mansion. We need to fix up New Orleans Square. We need to make it a thing. Well, instead of doing that, they opened Pirates of the Caribbean. So <laughs> the World's Fair, they learned a lot about the Omnimover system, but they also learned a lot about the animatronics. And that was where they were like, we could make a Pirates of the Caribbean ride with these animatronics. And that was, became Walt's baby. That was what Walt cared more about. And that was what he put all of the time and the people into. And it was towards the end of Pirates of the Caribbean when it was finally getting ready to open that he grabbed Mark Davis and was like, okay, now that you're done here, now we have to do the Haunted Mansion. So it was not what people were expecting. Again, they still had this facade just sitting there and chose to go do another ride instead of doing that one. Also gave them time to, to clean up their design and art concepts and things like that. So this house, the exterior at Disneyland, sat for 14 years, just the exterior. It's so funny to think about. Like that, we get so mad that like Tron was being built for two years. Like, could you imagine a ride being sat there for 14 but the good thing is, all you can see is the exterior, so they probably, I mean, I know people are probably like, why isn't it open yet? But at the same time, it didn't look like a ride. It just looked like a building. Yeah. So for all they knew, it was going to get opened into a gift shop. Yeah. And I know, I don't personally know any of them because I wasn't alive in the 60s, but I know that there was like rumors started. I heard the one, like someone fell into a snake pit or something like that. Like, and that's why the building was closed. Like people started these crazy rumors about why the building wasn't opening. Like anyone obviously would. I can't imagine if, like, cause I know even there's an amusement park that's about three hours from my house. It's called Knobles. And it's in the Pocono Mountains, and they were building this roller coaster that just could not open. Like, it was probably at least 10 years of my life we'd go to Knobles, and this ride still wasn't open. And we were told it's because the dummies kept getting decapitated. 
Is that true? I don't know, but people just naturally start those rumors when things aren't opening. So I would love to have known some of the rumors they started as to why the Haunted Mansion in Disneyland wasn't opening. That's so fun. But yes, this also gave the the amount of time that they waited for this also gave them time because Walt Disney World started to come into play. And so when they were working on the design for this Haunted Mansion, they were also working on the design for the Disney World. They knew that this was going to be so good, it was going to be in both parks. And some of the Imagineers didn't even know that that's what they were doing. They were just ordering double of everything and they didn't know that it's because they were building a second one. Walt Disney World was kind of a secret, right? Like they were buying the land secretly. They were doing all of that in secret. So since that was all happening, they were secretly buying doubles of things and making doubles of everything. So there's a really famous architectural architecture house called the Shipley Lidecker House. It's in Baltimore. want to say that it is a haunted place in real life. And it's like one that you like see like when you go to Princeton, you can see like Einstein's house kind of thing. You're mm-hmm. just like, oh, there it is. So this is a really famous house in Maryland. They really liked the Victorian look of this house. So they were going for the Disneyland one at least. Because that one is white and pretty and outdated. And that was the design that they had remodeled this one after. Was gotcha. they were trying to pull looks from that. So like big trees nearby, the big cobblestone or not cobblestone columns columns that you see like going into it so they pulled that from from this specific design in that house very cool yeah so the one in walt disney world was actually inspired by a mansion in jim thorpe pennsylvania which is in the poconos and like northeast pa so we've talked about how it's in New Orleans Square in Disneyland. Well, when you're in Disney World, it's actually in Liberty Square. So they couldn't just copy and paste the facade like they were copying and pasting the inside of it. So they had to find a different building to base it off of. And they just traveled and someone found a mansion in Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania. And honestly, if you look it up, it does look so much like it. The main part that you can really see it is the Walt Disney World one has a greenhouse on the outside. It's like glass windows, and there that is on the mansion in Jim Thorpe. That's so cool. I also enjoy that they didn't do the same outside look to them because mm. it could be creepy, like every different design. Even the one in the movie is a different design, has the greenhouse, but it is creepy looking when you look at it. The one in the movie, I'd say, is based, funny enough, it's based in Louisiana, but it gives more of the vibe of the Walt Disney World one, which is Liberty Square, so like Philadelphia. Yeah. You know what's really funny? I did not know that it was Louisiana where that was supposed to be like filmed until I started doing research of this. I for sure pictured New York City. You know what? I pictured Jersey. And I think the license plate said, what's the license plate say? But I guess that's just like my brain as well. Just pictured like East Coast for this type of movie. And then they're also wearing like wintry clothes. So I was like, obviously it can't be in the South. And then they talk about a lake. So then I'm like picturing like, okay, New Jersey, New York, like there's a lake. (laughs) No, the the ever sell license plate on the car does say Louisiana. You know what it is? You know why I always thought Jersey? Even though that very clearly says Louisiana. They say something about her and her family or something like that. And Eddie Murphy goes, she's from New Jersey. And then 
goes back into what they're talking about. So that's probably why you thought it too, because why are you, from, why are you in Louisiana if you're from Jersey? Yeah. And it doesn't, I guess it doesn't feel like Louisiana. I guess now that I think about it, it is kind of swampy, but it still feels very East coast to me. I wonder if that she's from New Jersey was from the original script, like before they switched it to it being in Louisiana. Cause they did originally put it in New York. So I wonder if that's from the original script and they kept it there. There was a lot in the early concepts that were changed. We keep saying how beautiful the facades are. The Imagineers actually did make them run down and dilapidated. And Walt Disney was like, nope, this is a pretty park. It's going to be pretty. You got to figure out a way to make it look old, but still nice. And they did. And funny enough, in early concept art of the ride, some of the Imagineers, including Claude Coates, wanted it to be a water ride that floated through Louisiana swamps and the mansion would be partially submerged. I think they were just on a boat ride high, but that's me. I also think the same thing. I think the Pirates of the Caribbean was such a success. And it's a small world. We should do this. They also didn't have the Omnimover ideas yet. So it was in that aspect to them, it was probably roller coaster, walking, or a boat. So thank goodness that the Omnimover came out of that. Yes. (laughs) That would be a really weird water ride. (laughs) Yeah, it would. I don't think it would be as scary. I really don't. Yeah. If you were in a boat. Not that it's that scary anyway. It's more eerie. But so Walt Disney actually did pass before the ride opened. He had a lot to say about the ride, but he did pass before it was open because he died in 1966. The ride didn't open until 1969. However, when that ride opened, it was already ready to be opened in Walt Disney World. They had all the pieces and basically just had to put it together. So it is an opening day attraction in Walt Disney World, even though it wasn't open until 14 years later in Disneyland. All right. So let's go through the ride. I feel like this is the part everyone's actually here for. I don't think anyone cares about what Imagineers did. This is like, here's the facts about the ride. Yes. I mean, we care, but maybe some people care. Sometimes when we're doing like the prequel part, when we talk about like before it was even made, I feel like we're just spitting names at everyone. Yes. We're like, and then this person did this. So we're going to walk you through the ride, basically. We're going to omni-mover you through the ride and give you the history of each room. So let's start with, once you get through the queue, the first room that they bring you into. What do you call this one? Oh, I thought you were calling it the master room. No, I don't know what to call it. I don't, it's the room with the fireplace before you go into the stretching room. There Usually is. It's room that you're not aware that you're in because you're fully focused on getting into the stretching room. Yeah, it's a very quick room, very dark. The only thing that really draws your attention in there is there's a painting on the wall. This painting is supposed to be of Master Gracie against popular belief because everyone thinks that this is the ghost host, the person who's talking to you because at that point they're already talking to you. And it is not the ghost host. However... The ghost host can be seen twice throughout the ride. This just is not one of those times. This is some random guy. Yeah, there was actually like speculation for a while about who it was. And then they kind of said it's Master Gracie. That's like the only thing that can kind of be assumed that it's the owner of the mansion. There's no actual name under it, but they have clarified it's not the ghost host. But this is when we start to hear him. And he is voiced by Paul Freeze. 
He also voices rides like the Pirates of the Caribbean. I don't know who Ludwig von Drake is. Yes, you do. It's the duck who's like a professor. Oh my god! His name is Ludwig? Ludwig von Drake. (laughs) Sometimes Donald Duck, and then many, many Christmas specials. We're talking Disney Christmas specials. No, just, I just, yeah, he's like Santa Claus and Frosty the Snowman. (gasps) Oh! He's like a voice of your childhood that you didn't know was there. I wish I didn't see a photo of him because I would feel like I'm going to always picture him. I didn't see a photo, so I'm good. I just picture an old guy now. The voice in Pirates, do you know which one it is? You know what he does? You're not going to be able to unhear it once I tell you. You know, I knew it too. No, I don't know who it is. Then the same voice that does the ghost host is also... Dead men tell no. There we go. Yeah. And he used to be the auctioner when they used to auction off the women. That was his voice auctioning off the women, but they don't do that anymore in the ride. That voice is gone from there, but he is still the dead man tell no tales. So he is a pretty famous, pretty famous Walt Disney World voice. So from the room with the painting on the wall, you're going to go into the stretching room, the famous stretching room with four paintings on the walls. So everyone assumes this room is an elevator. You are, could be right, depending on which coast that you're on. In Disneyland, this is an elevator. It brings you six feet under. Ha ha ha. So funny. It's probably more than six feet, realistically. But the reason that it does this is because of the limited space in Disneyland. The full ride building is actually on the other side of the train tracks. So the elevator is bringing you underground and then you're getting in your doom buggy and you're going under the train tracks into the building. That's so cool. So you're actually underground for that whole part. So if you have claustrophobia, sorry, I just ruined the ride for you. Because of the Swamplands, this couldn't be done in Walt Disney World. You can't build down in Walt Disney World. It actually stretches up because it was an illusion that they didn't want to get rid of, obviously. And with it stretching up, you do feel as though you're being pulled down, but you're not. If you're in Walt Disney World, the room is stretching up. You're staying completely still. Yeah. If you ever see like a bird's eye view, the mansion is so tiny compared to the full ride behind it. <laughs> I know. It really gives you the illusion that you're just like, in, there. in there. You're still in there when you're in the stretching room. That is in the actual mansion. So you have not left the building yet. Yes. And they, you kind of go underneath the mansion. So it also feels like you're going into it as well mm-hmm. with the stretching room. Which I find that very smart because that's totally what I believed as a kid. I was like, oh, the mansion's like on a hill, so we're going up to it. Oh, really? In my head, that was just the door to the mansion. Like, we were going in the side door. Oh. Yeah, because when we, even when we walk out, it's like above, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, to me, it's just like that's the side door. Yes. If you stay in this room after everybody leaves and you're like the last one's out, there are voices that you'll hear that are talking to you as well as the gargoyles start to like look at you it's the gargoyles voices they're the oh that's even creepier they're creepy so that's if you want to be the last one in there if you want to be the first one out to get in that line and get on the ride you need to stand under the ballerina for walt disney world we're not too sure about 
Disneyland. Yeah, I'm not 100% on that one. But if you're in Walt Disney World and you stand under the ballerina, you'll be the first one out every time. And you'll see that other people also know that trick because you'll see the crowd kind of go to the ballerina. (laughs) Yes. And then a fun surprise, if you want to see this, look up when the lightning goes. That's another time you get to see the ghost host. Oh, that's him? Yeah, he goes, of course, there's always my way. And that's how he became a ghost. I see. And recently, I don't know how true the way that it got there is. But at Walt Disney World, so someone hangs themselves. That's what you're going to see. At Walt Disney World, if you look up, it's like super clear now. It used to be like almost like a shadow of it. But the rumor that I heard is that a maintenance person left an umbrella, a ladder in there. So when the wall unstretched, the ladder went through the ceiling. So they had to put a new one in and the new one was nice and clean and not dusty and gross. Because it had been years. So that's why you can clearly see now. Because I never realized it was a skeleton hanging there. I thought it was a full body. Same. And it's now when you look up, you can clearly see it's a skeleton. I do not know. This is not a fact. Everyone listening, I can't even remember where I heard that, but that was the reasoning I heard as to why it got changed was that a ladder went through it. Again, this is not fact. This is not 100% accurate. It could just be a funny rumor as to why it happened. Another funny rumor was that they hired a cleaning crew for like a custodial and he started to take the sweater webs off of the chandeliers and stuff which I always found is a really funny rumor and I was like I'm gonna believe that until I heard that one for Tower of Terror that that happened that they got rid of all the cobwebs in the lobby (laughs) they were like no that's the ride I really hope it's true I do it was this it's like a long story of it was their first day at work and they didn't know you have to really not be paying attention to do that. Yes. So after the, the stretching room, you get into kind of another queue where you kind of single file line into, what is that called? A walking elevator or escalator? What is it? Moving track. A treadmill. Moving sidewalk. <laughs> yeah. So basically you'll see a couple of cast members walking on this really long treadmill that you also see at the airport. I think it's really called a moving sidewalk. I think that's the official term. Really? I think so. Like at the airport, I'm pretty sure it's called a moving sidewalk. I love that. (laughs) Nice and simple and to the point. But yes, and the goal is for you to be really stressed about what's lying ahead. Because technically at this point, you like weren't even in the ride and you've already had all of this horror and anxiety thrust upon you. Like you didn't even start the ride yet. This is still all just the cue. So the doom buggy room, that's actually the first time besides when he kills himself that you're going to see the ghost host. So there's a painting on the wall of a man with a rope around his neck holding an axe. That is the ghost host. Do you know if it's next to the doom buggies or before them? It's on the wall behind the doom buggies. There's probably about five or six paintings up there though. And it's very dark. Your eyes like kind of need to adjust. So you're most likely not even going to see him. Because it's hard to see the paintings in that room. But if you get to see it, I think he's like the third or fourth one over from the left. He's there though. And he has the rope around his neck and he's holding an axe. And that's the first time that you can see him. And it's been confirmed that he is a ghost host. So you're going to get in your doom buggy. And this is Seth's favorite part. Go ahead. This is your favorite part. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. 
Their original design was for the walkthrough and like most mansions, they have kind of a hall of portraits, even like in Frozen, you see like a hall of portraits that she's singing through. And so there's four portraits that were kept from all the portraits that one of the Imagineers did. I forget who made them. The goal is for the lightning to strike and original photo to have like a creepy photo behind it. And the fourth photo, or I'm guessing the last photo, I, I don't know if there's four that you're going through, is where they take your flash photo. Be ready. Sometimes we were not ready. And it's right when the ride starts. It is, it's like this, uh, the Pirates one that gets you off guard or mm. the Space Mountain one that gets you off guard. <laughs> Those pointless photos that's just so they can make money. Yeah. <laughs> so you're like, this is a weird spot for a photo. Yeah. It's definitely really cool. But yes, I really like that one. So from there, you're going to go through the mansion. This is more Walt Disney World based, but again, they're almost exactly because they're very close to each other. You're going to pass the bust whose eyes are literally going to follow you. That was because Imagineer walked past a bust and felt like its eyes were following him. So he found a way to make it happen for the Haunted Mansion. You're going to go down the hallway. You're going to feel the hot and cold running chills. You're going to get all that kind of horror of it to make you scared and give you the fear. And that, again, is going to come from Claude Coates. He wanted that scary part. He wanted the hot and cold running chills that they talk about on the ride. So you're going to go through all of that before you even get to the seance room with Madame Leota. And if you ever pay attention, you'll realize up until this point, you have not seen an actual ghost. You just feel it. You feel it. You see things move, but you don't physically see the ghost. You'll see the candlestick going down the hallway, but that's it. Or like footsteps. Yeah, the footsteps that they have go across. That room, and then it's kind of dark, and then you see like the bat eyes. That is the creepiest part of the whole thing. I would hate to be trapped there. Oh, no. Where the candlestick is flowing down the hallway. Oh, see, that I'm okay with because there's Ooh. more light. Nope, that gets me. <laughs> me out. Although, it's not a ghost, but you see a zombie. You see his arms. The guy in the, ca- the coffin that's like, let me out of here. Yeah. And from there, you are in the hallway where we talked about Rolly's wallpaper that he made. That is actually the second time you can see the ghost hose. It's only for about a second before your doom buggy turns, but there's a painting on the wall on the right side of you, and it's a full body painting of the ghost hose. You'll see the rope around his neck, and he'll be carrying an axe again. And that is the second and last time you will see the ghost hose in the ride. So cool. So then, I'm sorry, we go into the seance room with Madame Leota. Who is also, she is supposed to be made after an Imagineer named Leota, which I think is Funny so enough, fun. her last name is Tombs also. It's Leota Tombs. Yeah. And for her voice, she was so soft-spoken and really, really sweet. So they actually had to get a different person to voice her. I'm pretty sure there's something to do with her daughter here. No, this is my fun fact that I give you every time we're on the ride. And because this is one of the ones that I learned from Keys to the Kingdom. So she was supposed to be the voice of it as well. And then they got her in there and had her start talking. And she was apparently one of the sweetest people you would ever meet. And her voice gave that away, like that she was so sweet. 
So they were like, all right, well, we still want your face because she had these like beautiful cheekbones. That was what they were going for. So they actually had Eleanor Audley, who plays Lady Tremaine, Cinderella's evil stepmother, and Maleficent. So they had her voice over top of Leota Toom's face. Which I think the voice goes with the face. So I would have believed. That would have was- never known. Yeah. I think it's so, so cool. And once I heard that fact, I couldn't unhear it. Now, every time I go in, I feel like I'm listening to Cinderella. Like I'm listening to Lady Tremaine say like the goblins and ghoulies from last Halloween. Awaken the spirits with your tambourine. There is something with her daughter here. I think she went, did she pass and they needed to use her daughter or something? Yes. So her daughter is for the Christmas version that they do in Disneyland. Her daughter did have to do it at some point. I think it's for the Nightmare Before Christmas version. Yeah. Because I remember, like, she looked like a mini version of her. Yeah. Because her daughter is Kim Irvin, who is an Imagineer currently. Arguably the person most responsible for maintaining the look and feel of Disneyland. That is so cute. That's such an honor. They called her Little Leota. Isn't that so cute? That's really cute. She got her mom's cheekbones. Yeah, she does the holiday. Wow. And then she also did, she plays a maid in the Muppets Haunted Mansion. So they let her still be a part of it. So from there, now we have Awakened the Spirits. So we are going into the giant ballroom scene. So this ballroom scene is actually just a giant Pepper's Ghost effect. So what that means, and a good example, and how they explained it to us when I did the tour, was When you look in a window and you see something that you think is outside, but it's really behind you, it's that reflection kind of bouncing off of it that makes it look like it's a part of it rather than over it. So when you're on the ride, you are at level two, basically, and there are ghosts animatronics on levels one and level three. And when they shine the light on you can see those animatronics doing different things. So that's why when you look, there's going to be nothing actually across from you because if there was across from you, you would see the full animatronic. So you were just seeing the reflection of the animatronics on floors one and three. This is, was used by magicians back in the 1800s that they stole in, I think the World's Fair is where they learned it. I'm sure they were doing it way before that. They reached out. One of their Imagineers was also a magician. Oh, my God. That was Gracie, who, Master Gracie, like the mansion's named after. He was the one that came up with all the Pepper's ghost effects. Yeah. I didn't write that down. That just came off the top of the dome, so I'm pretty impressed with that right now. But, yeah, he was the one that knew how to do all the Pepper's ghost effects. He also is the one that did the footsteps with the projector. He wanted to do something with a disco ball. Which he wanted to do like the peppers effect with the disco ball. So they'd be shining in different places. Cool. And I was like, this man is so creative. His designs are the perfect Halloween decor. Legendary. Yeah. They're really cool. I like them. And another fun fact from this, the organ in the ballroom scene is actually Captain Nemo's from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea minus the pipes. Which I didn't know. That's so cool. So Disney added the pipes in the Haunted Mansion, right? It was just the organ. Okay, gotcha. And then my favorite hidden Mickey in all of Disney is actually on this ride. I know you 
can't really have a favorite, but it is when you're looking at the table below in the dining room and it's actually made out of plates. It you is can very absolutely have a favorite. Very well. You can see it very well. It's not hidden when you look at the plates. Like you'll notice where it is. And there's another one in there, right? That your dad points out. Yes. I haven't found it yet. You told me that there was one in there besides the plates and I look for it every time. I don't even enjoy that part of the ride anymore because I'm trying so hard to find this, <laughs> this hidden Mickey. I'm pretty sure your dad ruined that part of the ride for me. And I really am like partially hoping that there's not one there because that would be the greatest prank of all time. <laughs> and I would gain, not that I don't already respect your dad, but I would respect him so much more. <laughs> I love it. I don't even remember that. So the next scene that we're going to go to is the attic scene. So this story was expanded on later, but it was actually originally intended to be the entire plot for the ride. So the original plot or one of the original plot ideas was that it would be a bride who was left at the altar and then roamed the mansion and now haunts it and blah, 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 blah. So they had this whole bride idea. They decided to not go with that, although it is kind of similar to what they went with in the first movie that they did, but they still used the bride. So in the attic scene, they made the story of a black widow bride. So she murders her husbands. She chops their head off. So pop quiz, ready? Okay. What's the bride's name? This is really good for, like, if you ever go to Disney trivia. Like, if, if I wanted to be a jerk and do really hard Disney trivia, I could totally do this. Oh, wait. We have Disney Halloween trivia in, in two weeks. Never mind. This yeah. is going to be one of the questions. And I know her name. It's literally, I can see her tombstone when you get off. Well, I'm not going to tell you it. My next question was going to be how many husbands does she have. I'm also not going to tell you that because now that's going to be one of the questions. So you have an advantage against your competition unless he's listening to this now he also has an advantage i love it so ken anderson one of the imagineers was the one who came up with the bright idea originally but again didn't pan out yes another imagineer not ken but played off of the the ghost bride is what they called it he wanted it to be a sea captain who kills his wife and then goes out to sea and comes back and they both haunt the place. And he wanted them. So like when you're coming, basically where the, you can find the like the candlestick thing that you're so afraid of. That. A candelabra down the hallway. Yeah. <laughs> but that would be where they both come out. So he would come out and like water would splash and she would come out and then they would like come at you. And then they would go away. And I was like, ooh, that is... Ooh, I would cry my eyes out. That's horrifying. But yeah, so they really liked this ghost bride. One of the parks went with the ghost bride storyline. And her that story is that the parents died. Her parents died. And then she was supposed to get married. And then she got left at the altar... And she was mourning her parents' death, and it was their mansion. And I think she, like, just wandered their mansion because her groom never showed up. And then she died. But again, they ended up using this Ghost Bride story a little bit for the actual movie that they made. So they still kind of got to use it. And they used similar things in other parks. They used it in the attic. But, yes, this bride is crazy. She's a Black Widow bride. So from the attic, 
you are technically supposed to be symbolically thrown out of the attic. Whether or not the bride threw you out or you jumped out or someone else pushed you, the world may never know. Unknown. But that is why you go down into the graveyard scene because it's supposed to symbolize you becoming one of the ghosts and joining in on the graveyard party. Now, this is a fact that I couldn't find any concrete evidence on. I remember it being told to us at Keys of the Kingdom, but I can't remember exactly who it was. I thought it was Walt Disney, but it, the timing didn't make sense to me with the World's Fair and the Doom Buggies and things like that. So when you're going out the, out the attic down into the graveyard, it turns around and you actually go down backwards. This is because when they were originally testing the ride, they were riding it and the people in the dune buggy fell out face first because it went down forwards yeah and there was nothing to hold them because that little that. thing wouldn't work to hold you and it is a steep hill yeah i guess they just didn't realize how steep it was going to be or that they might fly out because all they had was a lap bar so yeah they fell out face first and rolled down the hill and they were like we need to turn this around so that's why your dune buggy does a 180 and you face the ceiling for a little bit very cool. Plus they add in all the ghosts coming up. Yes. That nice fun part. I've gotten stuck at that part a few times. Yes. And this is where you hear the Grim Grimming Ghost song, which I did not know they got inspiration from Shakespeare from this. It was a poem called Venus and Adonis. And it literally says Grim Grimming Ghost in it in the poet. I have no idea what it means. It's a bunch of gibberish like Shakespeare. I don't ever understand what he's saying, <laughs> but I thought it was really cool, like, that they stole, like, that kind of vibe from him and expanded on it. That is cool, and that's what all the ghosts are going to be singing in the whole graveyard, and that song is actually intended that you can't tell where it starts versus where it ends. Huh. Like, so row, row, row your boat. Sort of, yeah, because it's meant so that, like, at any point that you're in the graveyard scene, you can hear it and it's not like reset like you know what I mean yeah. so you can't the lines technically the way that the lines are written you can start the song from just about anywhere I also love I don't know if this they did this on purpose but there is a fat ghost lady singing at the end and it's not over until the fat lady sings Ta-da! it's over <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna bring this up because Pretty often on this podcast, we talk about our ride Tourette's, which is just things that we feel like oh, we have totally to say nice. when we're on a ride, and that is Sabs. We pass it, and she goes, fat lady singing! <laughs> and yes. it is. It's a fat lady singing the opera, and it's one of the last ghosts that you see at the end of the ride. So Luke had never been on it, and his first one was at Disneyland, and when we got off, I was like, did you see the fat lady singing at the end? I love it! So one of the ghosts that is now included at Disneyland and will be getting included at Disney World is the hat box ghost. So this was supposed to be like the big ghost for the ride. Like this was going to be who people thought of when they thought of the Haunted Mansion. And it was supposed to, he's going to have a head. He was also going to be holding his head in a box. So like the light on his face would turn off and then the light in the box would turn on. So his head would either be in the box or on his shoulders, obviously. The issue was when they were testing it out and it worked, the lighting was different there than it was when they actually put the animatronic into the ride. So for years, it wasn't able to happen. And in recent years, they have finally went and fixed it. 
and it's now there. And they just announced at D23 that it will be getting brought to Walt Disney World. So it's also going to be here. Woohoo! Yes. This is also the the bride from Tokyo Disney. Is this is like her husband. Interesting. Yeah. I don't remember riding this ride, but I do remember seeing him. And when they were like, yeah, like fresh new, like he's here. I was like, I feel like I've seen him. <laughs> but maybe like also like fandom, like he's, he's been around since 2015. Yeah. Like he's been like showing up, people have shirts of him, but yeah, he's getting more relevant now that he's coming back. Well, he's another one who, when they put him in there and he didn't work, there was a lot of different rumors as to what was wrong with him and why it didn't work because people enjoy creating rumors. I mean, I can't say anything. I've already said two things on here that I told you weren't 100%. So if someone's not listening and then they tune back in, like their brain starts listening again, they could take it as fact. (laughs) So who knows? Yeah. So from the graveyard, you're going to leave there. Obviously, you're going to see the hitchhiking ghost, the famous hitchhiking ghost. And then there's going to be a bride standing up saying, hurry back. Did that just creep you out? Yeah, I hate her. That is actually the voice of Leota Tombs. Huh. Well, that is creepy. Mm -hmm. So that one's actually her, which is funny because she's obviously not the bride she's the seance but whatever but yeah that one's actually her from there we disembark off of the dune buggies and you can leave i do like the exiting cue as well as the just the normal ride cue mm-hmm. well when you exit you go out and you look to the left there's the pet cemetery with mr toad mr toad they stuck him in the pet cemetery which i think is amazing I didn't know that. That's so funny. It's morbid and hilarious in the best way. Yeah. At least he's there, you know, tribute Mm -hmm. to him. But yeah, so you're off the ride. And now we just have like a few cool little facts for you about the ride around the world. Yes. So the Haunted Mansion is at every single international park except Shanghai Disney. So it's at Hong Kong, Disneyland, and Tokyo, as well as the two in the States. And Disneyland uh, Paris. Cool. Petty. All of them except Shanghai. They are all very different, except Tokyo is a complete replica of the one in Walt Disney World. Mm-hmm. This is your little fun fact for the day. It's the only ride, as opposed to the rest of the episode, it's the only ride that's in a different land in every park that it's in. So Tokyo Disneyland, like we said earlier, it's in Fantasyland. It looks ridiculous. That's okay. Disneyland Paris, their haunted mansion is actually in their frontier land because they didn't see a use for having a Liberty Square there. Also think that's fair. And it is set up to be the mansion of a gold bearer. So it's supposed to be that like an earthquake came through and now it's an old abandoned gold rush town. This is the one that follows the original bride idea where her parents died and then she got left at the altar. This one is actually terrifying. They made it a gold who scared the French and because like historic stuff is not going to do it for them. They live in history. This one's this one's spooky from even just watching video walkthroughs. It's a spooky one. Yeah. I don't think I would go on it. No? <laughs> yeah. I feel like I would have to. You just need to try. Oh, I don't know. It's like forcing yourself into like a haunted house or something like that. Yeah, okay. I did. And I cried. There's not enough 
money in the world that would make me do this? You know, if I already know it's terrifying, why would I do that? (laughs) Just for the story of it, you know, in Hong Kong, Disneyland, this is where it's a totally different story. Does not follow the haunted story at all because in Hong Kong, they have different beliefs about ghosts and the afterlife than what we have. I'm not 100% sure what they are, but it's just described as being different. If anyone listening is from Hong Kong, I would love to hear because that just is very interesting to me. But because of that, it's not haunted. It's actually a mystic manner. And it follows a magician who his, he said, like, basically, don't touch this box. And then someone touches the box. A monkey touches the box, actually. Of course. It's always a monkey. It's always a monkey. And that ride is supposed to be phenomenal. I have not been to Hong Kong Disneyland yet, but it's supposed to be so good. Yes. I thoroughly enjoyed researching this and talking about this. I never really questioned the Haunted Mansion. I never really thought about like what it took to get there or like why there were so many different plots. But yeah, so yeah, I just... I think it's really cool that all these different parts are from different Imagineers and Walt Disney himself and it all came together as one and then they like spread the idea to different parks. It's one classic that I don't see them changing because I really don't know what they could do with it and I I just don't, I don't see it. And then real quick, just so everyone knows, they're never going to do The Nightmare Before Christmas at Disney World because, and this was told to me. Because it was explained as in Disneyland, everyone's local. In Disney World, everyone's a tourist. You wait your whole life to go to Disney World. You want things classic and as they are, not with these overlays. So, yeah. sorry to break it to you. People also go, like, solely for October for that as well. So, it's nice to have different options, too. I agree. But amazing ride. I am petrified of ghosts, and I still enjoy this ride, although I won't ride it alone. <laughs> Yeah, those people that ride it alone freak me out. Or even if I have an odd number, I'm like, we're going three. We're just gonna squeeze in here because I'm not I'm not gonna be the one alone. Especially if it like breaks down. Ooh. Nope. Not gonna be me. But yeah, with that, that is our history Halloween October episode. This was really fun for us. We love our distory stuff. Last year we did Tower of Terror, which was also a fun distory Halloween vibe. If you want to see pictures or videos or anything like that, our Instagram is spillthedpod at our email, spillthedpodcast, and then our email is spillthedpod at gmail.com. And until next time, we will see you at the castle. The haunted castle. The haunted castle. The haunted castle. Dun, dun, dun. What a little dreamboat.